and we are back. I guess I'm I'm on a bi-weekly schedule right now. I think I've been last three episodes have been about 14 days apart. That's just how it's going down. Kind of doing it more when I'm feeling like it rather than just plugging away and doing it because I feel like I have to. And I hope that brings about a little bit fresher of a feeling. Uh, yeah, because I got I got some shit now I, like I truly want to talk about. Some weeks I'm like, well, I kind of want to talk about this, but I just need some shit to talk about. This week, I'm ready to rock, so let's get into it. Yo, 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 welcome to Living for a Living with your boy Joey Bradley. Yeah, I'm going to say this in the very beginning because I always forget and then I say it at the end when only 20 people are still listening, but go check out the website. That thing is still up and still losing me money. www.livingforaliving.live slash shop is where you can help your boy out. You know, my, my boy Ant has copped all the dopest shit. You know, I, I think all of my stuff's pretty cool to be honest. And to be extremely modest, honest and modest, honest and modest. But, bro, don't don't go buy something at H and M when you could get it from your boy. The quality, you know. All right. So you know, would appreciate that. Hit that like, YouTube comment. If you're on Spotify, do me a favor. Do that little rating thing. Like we're growing. Like I keep saying, tell a friend. Post it on your story real quick. Let me give you 10 seconds to do it. Motherfucker, do it. It'll literally take you 10 seconds. You got to exit out on your phone. Press the five star or four star on Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, little scroll up. Cool episode. I don't know. Say something. Like, if you're listening to it on Spotify, just a little share button, post it on the story, tag me, bam, you'd be done. All those things right there. All right, I'll shut up now. But in all seriousness, that shit helps. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, first, first subject, which I am extremely excited to talk about because... Uh, well, I think it's human nature, and I'm definitely a human, especially when it comes to this, but I love being right, and this is one of those things where, boy, was I right, shout out to my boy Dixon and Henny, sent me the, the message like, damn, you called this two years ago, three years ago, and I was like, yep, I might have to uh, go find a clip when I say what I say, but what I'm talking about is Aaron Rodgers came out this week. He was on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, which I'm about halfway through right now. It's been really good, but he talked about the fact that he had and has had, I think, multiple now ayahuasca experiences down in Peru, which has led him to this change of focus, change of mindset that he credits some of the back-to-back MVP seasons in winning. And I said it from the jump after watching him on McAfee Tuesdays, 
Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays on the McAfee show that without a doubt, Aaron Rodgers has been doing some form of psychedelics. I figured I was thinking he was maybe microdosing, doing some mushrooms, maybe some LSD. I didn't realize he went down to did the Peru thing. I think he's done it a couple times. Um, and, I, you know, I, I got to admit, one, it's nice to be right. And two, I feel like a trailblazer because I'm just assuming that he heard about the little drama with when I first arrived in Finland with the Maple League. I had a video talking about how LSD, the first time I did it, changed my life. And that didn't go over so well in the uh, ultra-conservative side of Finland that looks at drugs. You can get as drunk as you want, pass out in the street. Alcoholism is fine, but boy, you better not talk about a drug out here, um, which is wild to me, given the fact that they're so progressive in like literally every aspect of society. Uh, but... It is what it is, and so, no, I, I'm joking. I don't think I had any influence on A-Rod, although it's, it's great to believe that. Um, but it was just, like, cool to listen to him talk about it. I've already been a big Aaron Rodgers fan, but, man, now it's, like, tenfold. And to be honest, I'm sure Tom Brady has done the same thing, in all honesty, especially with his wife being Giselle, Brazilian. I, she, like, calls herself a witch, I think, Brady's called her away like I'm sure he's on that hype for all you naive motherfuckers out there like it's much more prevalent in professional sports than you would like to believe or that you know and that's talking like from talking with guys that are in the league and outside and connected and every little aspect of it um so it, it's, I think, you know, we're 20, 30 years out from it being like the same way we look at weed now. We're like, holy shit, you know, it was illegal for so long and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just if, if you go back and do a little brief history lesson on psychedelics, mushrooms and LSD primarily, um, in like the 50s. Time Magazine was calling it a miracle drug. They were doing studies, all these kind of things regarding it being used in a clinical way, a medicinal way to deal with PTSD, depression, uh, addiction, other things like that, and having some, some very good success. And then ultimately, I don't know if this is exactly the chronological order or the reason why, but government started experimenting with it to try and figure out it, use it in a mind controlling way. MK ultra, which I've talked about on here. And basically the results from MK ultra proved that like, Oh shit, this will do the opposite of control minds. This will open minds and make them even less controllable. So we need to make this shit illegal ASAP, which kind of ultimately happened. Uh, the Reagan era, they kind of like banded together with the UN and made it illegal everywhere in the world. And so then research just came to a halting stop. And it's only been within the last maybe five or 10 years that research has started back up on it. And there's been a lot of breakthroughs. Um, 
so yeah, that's just a little brief brief history. Don't quote me perfectly because I don't fully know what I'm talking about. I watched one Netflix documentary on it this week, ironically, before I heard about the Aaron Rodgers thing. So anyway, it's just like cool to hear Aaron talk about it as openly as he does, being in the position that he is, knowing he'll get pushback, knowing he'll get criticism, and then just being that vulnerable and just the wording that he uses and how he explains things and looks at life and those kind of things like is inspirational in a way to me. And so I, I would highly recommend checking out that podcast. Um, you know, psychedelics are kind of a weird thing. I know if, if you've never done them, you really can't understand them. That's, I, that's kind of how a lot of things are in a way. You know, the, the only way to truly understand it is to experience it. And I don't recommend it for everybody at all, you know, but you could read a thousand books on it, but someone who's done it one time and read zero books on it would have a better understanding of it than you would. That's just kind of how it is. You know, it's, it's not necessary. Experience trumps education. And I think that's a, a piece of society or like a, an idea that society is losing a lot right now. It's like, oh, well, I could just go to school and I do this and I learn that and I read this book and uh, uh, uh. And it's like, yeah, th- those are helpful. Those are supplemental. But experience trumps all education at the end of the day. Like if you were going to have someone build you a house, would you rather have someone that's built a house before or someone that's read 10 books about building a house? Personally, I'll take the guy who's already built a house because he already knows the mistakes and all those kind of things. And so, you know, I I know how I'm not going to get too deep into the psychedelics regarding from my own uh, beliefs and experiences because um, I've kind of I've kind of suppressed that part of my topic and talking after the drama. I mean, to say drama is definitely dramatic, um, but just kind of in regards to out of respect for the Steelers and like, cause I was asked to, and I agreed to. So even though I know that little suppression is like ultimately not been good for me in the long run, it's also a learning experience. And I do want to say though, that like, again, I don't recommend it for everyone. Or at all, like if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, psychedelics are crazy. I don't think I could handle that. It's not for me. Um, you're right. Then you shouldn't do them. You know, like that, if if there's any doubt in, a, in your mind, like regarding it, and you don't feel called to it, and you don't feel the curiosity and those kind of things, then like by all means, 100%, I would say don't. But if... You understand the next part of that sentence. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to get back to talking about it in, well, a couple months when I'm no longer here. And uh, let's just say over the past few years, I've been doing some citizen experiments myself and had some interesting revelations, some interesting results. And actually, though, to be honest, like this past year, I haven't done anything which is also really good for research to have a controlled group 
and to have you know uh like ultimately i i see it as a positive in the long run of my citizen experiments and i'm i'm excited to talk about those in the future especially now that i mean if my man fucking aaron Rodgers is talking about it anybody can talk about it now so that's pretty cool i'm i'm super stoked on that um especially yeah there's going to be some guests coming up when I'm back in the States that I'm sure we'll delve into that. And it'll be fun, boy. It'll be fun. But, yeah. Mm. That got me stoked. Another thing that got me stoked that is pretty fucking crazy, I must say, is if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, mainly last year, I used to talk a lot of shit about the DJs here in Finland, mainly Kuopio, because that's where I'm going out. And it just seems like everyone's kind of playing the same shit and kind of classic sing-alongs, not getting too outside the box, hard to dance to for myself. I don't feel like I have a ton of rhythm, but they kind of just play some shit that's basically just noise that, I mean, most... Finnish people at 1 a.m. are just moving around. Anyway, you know, it's it's not like there's a ton of rhythm here in general, I would say. And so I, what was it? Last year, Albatrossi, which is one of the clubs here, I guess you could call it that, bar, club, one I think the biggest one in, in Kuopio, they had shared one of my TikToks where I mentioned them, I forget even, I don't even remember what the video was, but they they saved it and then shared it on their Instagram and tagged me there. And so I messaged the guy, I messaged their Instagram and just said, yo, let me DJ for you one night. And they said, okay. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't expect that to be the response. And so anyway, COVID kind of happened again at the end of last year, so it didn't end up working out and I kind of had forgotten about it. And then this year, I'm talking, I know the guy now that runs the Instagram for Albatrossi, and he's like, hey, you still want to DJ? And I'm like, uh, fuck yeah, for sure, you know? And so I found out this weekend or this week that your boy, DJ Living for a Living, is going to be coming at you live at Albatrossi here in Quopio, August 26th. <laughs> And that is the craziest fucking sentence I think I've ever said. I have absolutely no experience DJing uh, prior to this. I mean, I got the fucking jams. I know that. But it's just pretty crazy how it all worked out. And just to think like, because last year when I, you know, like I kind of like I knew it was going to happen. Like, I just knew, like, last year especially, like, I really put the vibe out. Because as soon as the dude said, okay, last year, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I gotta, like, I'm gonna have to really fake it till I make it on this shit. So I downloaded Serato, which is like a DJ software for my computer. Downloaded some songs. Started fucking playing my own little sets (laughs) every other night. And, you know, I'm pretty shitty, but still, like... I understood the basics now of beats per minute and like keeping things similar in that regard 
when you're changing songs and you know I'm not on the one twos like that yet but uh yeah so I had to tell the dude though when he was like all right we got you on the schedule I was like listen man I gotta tell you like I've never DJed before I don't have the software I don't have the hardware I don't have nothing he's like that's cool you know we can have someone like there kind of help you and you just kind of pick the songs and do your thing and and I was like, well, all righty then. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> every time I say it and every time I think about it now, I'm like, is this for real? But no, man, I, I it's like I truly believed it. And, you know, I know that Finnish people and other people in general aren't super big on like the hippie visualization, manifestation, that kind of realm and those kind of ideas because people are super logical and well science says and it's not backed up by science and uh, 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 you know it's like I get it but I believe in that shit and I was just thinking back to like my short time here in Finland regarding some like crazy shit that I have like truly believed is gonna happen and you could call it manifestation you can call it whatever that's happened from, you know, winning the championship last year, which like when I left Finland and when I left Vasa in 2019, I was like, yo, I know I'm going to go back to Finland and I know I'm going to beat the Roosters in the championship at some point. Did that, you know, we're working on two championships now. Then getting Stieg, one of the most well-known Finnish artists on the podcast, having that idea within the first month, within the first hour of seeing the first video of him and telling people like, yeah, I'm going to get Stieg on the podcast and people just being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Does he, do you even know if he speaks English? And I'm like, well, I assume he does because he's going to be on the fucking podcast. So he kind of has to speak English. Getting that, uh, what else? The fucking buying a van, building it myself, and then driving to Portugal in it. Again, telling people that I'm going to do that and just seeing the look of like, okay, buddy, and did that. You know, the whole like TikTok famous shit that's happened, even though I guess I didn't like, that was like probably one of the ones I like didn't fully believe in in a way. I mean, I believe it was like, I wanted to do it out of experimentation and seeing like, can I defeat the algorithm and can I, you know, can I win basically viewing it as like a video game, as I've said. And so I think that's kind of also why I've like fallen off on it to a degree. Cause it's like, I don't really like being known as like the dude who talks about Finland. Like that's not what I like identify with at all. Um, but it was like cool that I, I did that, you know? And then now this DJing thing where like, don't get me wrong. It's not like I just made all these things up in my mind and then just sat in bed and fucking whacked off the whole time. And then it just magically happened. You know, I put in an excessive and an extreme amount of work once I truly believed these things to happen. But it's just, I don't know. It, that shit's just possible. And I think we lose sight of that. And 
that's like the one thing like if I could ever influence somebody into like doing anything it's like doing what you truly want to do and doing something that you truly like believing that you can do something even if it's fucking crazy and so it's actually with that said like I'm at this kind of weird point in my own life and my career and whatever you want to call it because I don't know exactly like what my next step is at this point um like it's this has been this this week was our bye week last bye week of the season we'll have three regular season games two playoff games and it's been bittersweet because like as I've just explained like Finland's been super good to me I'm super thankful and appreciative of my time here but I kind of know it's coming to a close you know and and not because of anything negative or anything like that you know in in some ways I don't think it's been good to me definitely drink way more I smoke cigarettes now I would chalk those up as negatives but also it gives perspective I just think I'm kind of ready for a new challenge, ready for a change of scenery. And, but with that, it's like, well, I don't exactly know what the next step is. I don't know what, like on, you know, like I explained with the championship, the van, DJ, Stieg on the podcast, all these things, like these were like ingrained, like, yo, this shit's going to happen. And I don't necessarily have like a thing like that in my mind I have a couple things in my mind, but I got to figure out exactly what, what is the one, what is the thing, because I know how fucking powerful that is. I was talking with my boy Colin the other day on the phone, and it's always a good, good conversation. He's going to, I'm going to be in LA this winter, and he's, he's finally going to get on the pod because we have to be in person to do it, his rules, which I, I agree with. And that'll be one to look out for. But we were talking and, you know, I was explaining this same kind of idea to him and he very much is on the same page as me. And he's, he lives in LA. He's working to be a like music artist, producer, dude, super talented, can do everything. And, you know, he was explaining, he's like, you know, I'm kind of at this weird point with the music and stuff because I don't know, like... I know I want to connect with a lot of people and I want to use the music and like make a living out of doing the music and travel with it and all these things, but I don't know exactly like how I want it to go. And so it's like, if you don't know what you want, it's really hard to fucking get it. And you know, and so like we, we related very much so in that, in that regard. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just got a little carried away there, I think, but I don't know. That was fun. But anyway, if you're in Quopio and you want to hear a little bit different music at the club than the typical sing-alongs and jump around music, your boy is playing at Albatrossi on August 26th. You know, I'm influenced. I'm a I'm a '90s, 2000s hip hop kind of guy. I'm gonna try and get some bitches to shake their ass a little bit, and just you know, have a good time. That come on out, come check out your boy 
<laughs> DJ living for a living. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make that a clip for tick. I gotta make a couple clips for TikTok. You know, I, I've said I'm not gonna like do the finished TikTok thing anymore because it's like I said, it's not what I want to identify with. But like that, I gotta fucking post on there. And there's like been a few funny like realizations that have came off this week. And I guess there were, it's, this podcast is about my fucking life and my own thoughts, basically. So the finished thoughts are just a part of that. So it's kind of, you know, I, I think I was overthinking a little bit. I also just didn't really want to edit a ton because the editing process, not like I have too much better things to do. I've been playing Clash Royale so much that my my ranking should be much higher but no it's it's just been there's been some funny little realizations and like one of them is basically being like a famous tiktok guy is essentially the same thing as being a hot girl and what i mean is once you go out to the bar you're constantly bombarded by drunk dudes that are trying to talk to you while a majority of the time it's, it's flattering and you like the attention deep down, but you're just figuring out a way to end the conversation. You know, it was like, I went out this week and I, I normally been a Nosu guy. If you're a Quopio resident, you know what I'm talking about. I've normally been a Nosu guy, but lately the last few times I've gone there, I'm just like, whoa, I, I don't know. I don't belong here. Not trying to put myself in a different realm or what. It just, uh. And so, you know, I've talked shit about Aptekari before, but I ended up going there the other night. And it was it was a pretty cool night. But that's where this realization of, you know, I went with a friend that's a girl and she's hot. And like seeing dudes, groups of dudes talk to her and kind of annoy her and then on the flip side, on the other side of the, on the couch, <laughs> groups of dudes coming up and talking to me. I looked at her. I was like, damn, we're kind of like the same thing right now. You know, like I'm basically a hot girl right now too. <laughs> like guys, I've, I've talked a little shit about Abtekari. Just, it's like the coolest place that I hardly ever have fun at, which t- to a degree is true. But I was like, well, let me just switch it up, go to a new spot. My new my new favorite, truly favorite place in Quopio is Malia. Um, just that's like, I think, the best crowd in terms of... I went to pa- Panuhan, Panuhuone, yeah, the other night. Shit, I got a free shot from a dude who used to play for the Steelers. I got to look cool doing that. But Panuhuone is like maybe the 40 plus crowd. Like when I was there, I felt young and lately at Nosu when I'm there, I feel old. Aptekari, I also kind of feel old, but at least at Aptekari, you can sit and have a conversation and not just get constantly interrupted by some drunk person. But I realized also, I was like, well, you know, yeah, the, the crowd here is a little bit more respectful or I don't even know what I was thinking and then sitting across from us at the table on the balcony is two dudes just pass the fuck out in their chairs and I was like oh no 
Aptekari has the exact same people as Nosu. They're just dressed better. <laughs> That's all. Exact same people. Just in a po- in a collared shirt rather than a ripped shirt. <laughs> uh but yeah, that was it was a couple couple like had a couple good conversations, I will say, with the random people. So it's like I don't wanna fully turn people off from coming up and having a random conversation. Talk to this one dude who I guess also did TikTok and or does TikTok and bro, it's kinda crazy to talk to somebody who like is really into doing TikTok. And maybe I'm hypocritical in a way, and I could admit that. Although I never felt like I was doing content for TikTok. It was like I'm doing clips from the podcast in order to grow the podcast, you know. But what I mean is like people that are strictly doing TikTok content, you know, whether it's the trends or the challenges or the whatever. I've talked to a few people throughout my time here. And it's so weird to talk, you know, like people that don't have a YouTube or they don't have a podcast or they don't have a, you know, a vlog or something secondary that they're trying to promote, that they're just trying to like legitimately kind of get TikTok famous. It's fucking weird, bro, when you talk to them, because it's like the way you, you can feel that they're being influenced while trying to be an influencer. You know, they're really thinking about what's going to hit and how can I do something to get the views and like do all that kind of thing, even if it's not themselves. And so I don't know, I've just, that was just a, a crazy realization I've had with probably like three, four, five people that I've talked to out here that it's kind of like, ah, like you really care about this shit. Like really, really care, which is all right. I guess it's just like at the end of the day, it's the authenticity and like, I mean, Andrew Tate is a perfect example of this right now. I'm going to get into him a little bit. But he's a perfect example is like the, the, the way to get success on social media is to be controversial and to appear genuine, you know, to appear authentic. And Andrew Tate has embodied that and he has like, he has figured that algorithm out and the, the formula out to the maximum, you know, um, it's like, (laughs) I, I relate in a way because it's like, I feel like I figured out my formula for finished TikTok, but like everyone is using him right now, whether they talk about him and then, the, or he, they have him on the guest on the podcast. I just watched him on the Nelk full send podcast, which they're killing it. You know, Nelk's the same thing. Like if you think about any YouTube social media kind of sensation person, Danny Duncan, Nelk. Casey Neistat, like all these people that are just like normal dudes that came from nothing. Steve will do it. Um, They all like didn't give a fuck about being controversial and they've always came across and appeared genuine. And why I say appear genuine is because like with Andrew Tate, 
I'm sure he believes what he's saying, but he's also playing a little bit of a character, you know, like to a, to a degree. And I think he admits that. Like there's a slight character that he's portraying because he knows he's just being a little extreme, a little bit more than himself. But it's still like at his core, I'm sure he believes this shit. You know, he has four girlfriends and all like I'm sure at his core, but he then delivers it in a in a very like hyperbolic way. Ooh, hyperbolic, was that the right word? What is hyperbolic? Deliberately ad- exaggerated. Fuck, that was a good word by your boy. Okay, I'm proud of myself there. Anyway, he has a hyperbolic delivery. And, like, I I don't know. I feel, I would say I'm more of an Andrew Tate fan than a hater. I wouldn't say I love the dude. But he also makes a lot of good points regarding like human psychology in pertaining to men and women and those kind of things. I don't think that his strategy and thoughts on relationship and women will ultimately result in like a truly meaningful relationship for himself. But I don't know if that's actually what he wants. You know, he seems to have really good like platonic relationships with his brother and his like closest friends. And so maybe he can get that type of thing, that type of love from that group of people rather than the women, you know? And so it's not how I would particularly like my relationships to be, but I also don't knock it because it's not like there's a lot of uh, other relationships I see in my life that I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I'd like. You know, I mean, pretty much all the relationships I've grown up around and seen firsthand, whether it be friends or family, like I can probably name like two off the top of my head where I'm like, ah, that'd be kind of (laughs) nice, you know? So I, I think that also says something about myself in regards to like how I view relationships and commitment and those kind of things. Um... And that's grown over the years. But yeah, like Andrew Andrew Tate, like he's figured it out, bro. And I'm interested to see like what comes of his content and just like his character himself in the future. Because, I mean, the dude's already made a ton of money. You know, he has this like plan, he says. If you haven't watched the Nelk podcast, I would recommend it. It was like super entertaining and pretty interesting at times. Like he has some pretty wild life stories and like says some shit that although is a little cringeworthy at times like makes you think a little bit and um I don't know thinking a little bit's good in my opinion (laughs) yeah he's but uh, there's one thing dude that guy has figured it out because I mean he he kills the algorithm and people are constantly talking about it, which is then just making him kill it even more. You know, it was like the same thing when I had the couple videos that were controversial that got me a lot of hate on TikTok out here. And someone would stitch it or duet it. And then they'd talk shit about me. 
I would always comment, thank you. Because at the end of the day, you're literally doing the opposite of what you're trying to do. You're trying to, well, first off, you're trying to use me to boost your platform and gain your followers and views, which by all means go at it. But then you're also trying to like get people to hate me more when in reality, like maybe, yeah, that'll happen. But all you're then doing is spreading it and making more people see it. And then the odds say, percentages say that some people are going to like it and agree with it and then check it out. And then it's just going to in turn gain more like fans or, or, or more yeah, views. And even then the people then that hate it, bro, people hate watch shit like a motherfucker these days. And so it in turn makes it so that you find more people that hate it, but then will still consume it and engage with it, which at the end of the day is what it's all about. And that just boosts everything. And so like the best thing to do if you don't like somebody is to ignore them, which is like the hardest thing to do nowadays because everyone thinks like their opinion is so relevant and matters so much. And that if they're offended, they have, they have to tell everybody about it when it's kind of the opposite. You know, it's, it's funny to me. I've had people that'll come up and talk to me and say, Oh, I don't like you and I don't like your stuff. And I think you're this and I think you're that like negative things. And, but then we'll proceed to talk to me for 20 minutes. And I think to myself, like, you don't not like me. Like there's something, well, if there's something in you that you see in me that you don't like, there's something about yourself that you don't like that you see in me. That's truly what it is, whether it's a thought or an action or something. Because for me, if I didn't like someone, if I don't like someone, I'm not going to sit there and fucking talk to them randomly for 20 minutes. I won't even go up and talk to them. Like, that's the thing that blows my mind is thinking someone doesn't like you enough that they want to come tell you that they don't like you and engage in conversation. Like, I'm trying to think of someone I don't like like from social media and stuff like that. Uh, Like Ethan Klein, the H3 guy. I don't like that dude. He just, like, I watch his stuff occasionally if he has on a guest that I do like. But for the most part, I don't like his, like, victimhood mentality and the way he's constantly just, like, stir in the pot. I get that's his thing. And like, he's constantly just gossiping essentially. I don't like that. And so if I was at a bar and I saw Ethan Klein there, I would never in my wildest dreams go up and say, Hey bro, I don't really like you. I would just, Oh, he's there. Maybe I talk shit to who's sitting next to me. But I could I, never in my wildest dreams would it equate to me to go and talk to him and and then say, yeah, I don't like you. And then like try and get him to pr- explain himself to me like some motherfuckers out here will do. It's like, what? 
so yeah, it's just like a, I don't know. I guess I went off on a tangent right there, but there's a, there's the therapy session that, uh, we're all looking for, I guess. But what else? Changing subjects, changing subjects. Like I said, we had last bye week this week. We have five games straight, one away game, two home, then playoffs should both be at home as well. Excited for that. This bye week ended up going on a little van trip with one of my friends who has a van. And dude, there is just something special and magical about making a fire outdoors and cooking your food on it and then sitting by the fire next to water in the forest like it's just primal and it it connects you to your like original self whatever that may be and I had forgotten I, I realized this last year when I had my van and I would do that a couple times but dude just building the fire it's crazy like and then it's just that human evolutionary nature of us where fire, you know, throughout history has just been so crucial for our survival that you can just sit there and just look at the fire and that shit is enticing and entertaining. Like going out doing that, it's like I'm not on my phone at all. When when I'm sitting here at home, man, I'm on my phone so fucking much. But like just being in that little like old survival instinct, survival mode is, oh, dude, it's like, I keep telling myself, I was like, all right, I got to build a fire once a week. You know, that's, that's like a, I'd like to make that like a non-negotiable in my life. Like, okay, build a fire and cook some food on it, eat that food. And then shit, have sex next to that fire also, because outdoor sex, boy, Talk about primal. That shit is uh, next level in itself. So as you can tell, I had a pretty decent week. (laughs) But that's... Like, bro, one thing I've thought about too that I've realized as I'm getting older in regards to women. Mom, just like cover your ears right now or skip ahead for a minute or two. Is I've realized that like... Women and girls are just as big of freaks as guys are and like just as horny, if not hornier, and are wanting to do things just as much as guys do. Like I said, maybe even more. And it's taken me a while to realize this because growing up from, I think, 16 to 25, like I was like the very stereotypical nice guy. You know, I was like, where, you know, maybe I wanted to do something sexually, but it was like, I was scared to ask a girl it like, oh, because what if, what if she doesn't, she probably doesn't want to do it. And then what if she thinks I'm weird and then stops talking to me and you know, like that train of thought where I've realized in the last few years, like, and now my motto you could say is like just assume that she does want to do whatever freaky ass thing you do want to do like like turn it on its head where thinking 
it would be weird if she doesn't want to do it because I'm not going to get into detail on some of these things, at least in today's episode, but pretty much, I don't know if I've ever really been told no of the things that I've asked. And so it's just like this little flip of the switch of like, oh, huh. So to my fellas out there, just assume the answer is going to be yes. But you still got to fucking ask, you fucking perverts. Um, yeah. Dude, I was a nice guy, bro. I, I still think I am nice. I'm sweet. But it's funny. Guys don't want to be called sweet or nice by girls the same way that girls don't want to be called cute by guys. Even though intrinsically, they're both like really good compliments. Like I, maybe it's like, you know, it's it's more like insecure guys and girls don't want to be called that, those two things. Because they have like this uh, kind of negative connotation in their mind that like if a guy, if you get called sweet by a girl, that's like they don't find you manly and they don't find you sexy and they don't want to fuck you basically. And then if a guy calls a girl cute, you know, it's I don't want to be cute. It's like I want to be sexy or beautiful or pretty or hot or whatever. And it's like I get I get that side of things. But. Both are really good compliments, especially if they're coming from someone. And I think the problem is they're normally coming from someone who's using them as like a way of being nice or using it in a negative way. But like, for example, if I call a girl cute, that's more of a compliment than calling you hot, really. Because like hot is strictly physical. In, in my mind's definitions. Whereas cute is like, it also plays a part of like your personality and like your vibe and like your aura. And so like, it's super attractive. You're also very attractive, but like you have this like extra thing that someone who's hot doesn't have. I mean, it's possible possible to be hot and cute, sexy and cute, you know, all these things. But like cute to me is like a better comp. Like if I call someone, damn, like she's hella cute. Like I think it's actually a better compliment than like, oh, she's hella pretty. Hella pretty. I'd much, if I'm a girl, I'd much rather be hella cute than hella pretty. If the compliment's coming from me. Because pretty is strictly physical. And cute has a little, has something else to it. It's talking about you personally. But like, and and then on the flip side, like guys, yeah, I know you don't want to be called nice or sweet because normally we've learned, you know, nice guys finish last, blah, blah, blah. Like, but if it's coming from a girl who like takes into account that being sweet is like an attractive trait, that's one of the best things you can be. And this whole like men, female dynamic, and I'm no fucking expert at this shit at all. This is just off the top of my dome is like what I feel like is like girls want, you know, the asshole 
but that's only like for the beginning that's like the kind of attraction because that's just like the psychology of like you want what you can't have kind of thing and normally nice guys then are way too available essentially but if you're always an asshole I mean you're gonna get the toxic girl because she like likes those adrenaline feelings of like being treated like shit and the emotions that generate that because they produce hormones and they produce serotonin and fuck who knows some science shit but for a a real woman like a real motherfucker like that's not gonna hold them like it's being able to be uh, have a duality being in touch with your masculinity and your femininity because you could say like being tough is masculine and being sweet is feminine and so it's like having a little bit of both and then not taking shit and speaking your truth and knowing what you want. Damn, I'm fucking on a roll today, huh? I'm just preaching, dog. Preaching. So, yeah. Although I will say one thing. Fellas, know this. That if a girl has dirty Air Force Ones on, it doesn't matter how old she is. Mentally, she is 19 years old. I promise you. Dirty Air Force Ones equals a 19-year-old mentality. Sorry, ladies, it's science. <laughs> mm. And back to speaking of science, bro, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like this everywhere. Motherfuckers are starting to wear masks again. Like, I've seen more. It's not a ton here, but I've seen more mask wearing in the last week or two than I had in the last couple months. Like, there's something definitely going on on the television. I can't tell you what because I don't watch it. But there's something going on where they are getting the fear porn back into people's systems. It's like, it's wild. to, And then still I see... People are still in line to get the vaccine, still in line to get the booster. And I'm telling you right now, if you're wearing a mask and you're getting the vaccine and the booster still, you're a fucking idiot. If you already got it, if you got it in the beginning, the first wave of it, all those things in the beginning, not an idiot. I get it. There was so much unknown. There were, you know, you had to get it in order to like live your life normally or so they said. That didn't happen exactly the how they said it was going to, though. But now, at this point, where I think in most places, like, you don't need it in order to get into places like you did for a couple months of um, insanity. So if you're just, like, willingly getting it right now and boosting up, you are a fucking moron. I'm sorry. Because for all the people... This whole time that have said, trust the science and trust the science and get it because of the science. Uh, uh, uh. These motherfuckers aren't trusting the science anymore. They're trusting the TV. Because if you took 15 minutes out of your day to look up the studies that have been published by CDC, by like the government, by Pfizer, by all of the agencies that are making a lot of money off of it. Like, 
the efficacy of the vaccine and the boosters is terrible. Terrible. You know, they've came out now, masks don't really help. I mean, they help a little bit, but more so, I don't know, that shit breathing in that same air all fucking day. Like, uh, lockdowns have been proven to not work. Like, there's studies out that talk about this shit. Yet people just, ah, yes, master television. Yes. It's like, at this point, it's pretty apparent when you look at places like China that this shit is not about health. This is about governmental control. I mean, China right now is in a dystopian fucking world. Like, that's just wild to me, man. And it's only now places that are like, have historically, like, very controlling governments that are acting like this. You know? It's like, the other thing, you know, the other my other tweet that I just, on regards to this, is like, U.S. life insurance companies have said that deaths have said that deaths have an unexplainable increase by 40% in 18 to 49-year-olds. I'm sure that's just coincidence. I mean, the amount of sh- the amount of pro athletes that are keeling over, the amount of, like, I mean, just the amount of people that are getting sick, re- like, regularly now, seems to me like an insane amount. Like, like I've never seen before in my life. We've had, I think, the last four or five weeks, we've probably had at least one to two guys miss every game because they're sick. And I think that also, like, plays a part slightly to the, like, Finnish culture and mentality regarding, like, those kind of things. I I've personally kind of think Finns are a little soft mentally in regards to, like, being sick. Because, and not... I think it's it's all it's society it's societal it's created in society because here like paid time off sick days like you can just like take them and they're just like accepted and which is a good thing don't get me wrong it's a totally good thing when you compare it to the states where like if you truly are sick and you miss a week and you don't have any paid time off and you don't have any more sick days like you could get fired because of it. I don't think that's a good system either. But like here it's like so lenient that it's human nature to naturally kind of take advantage of the system. And so I think people definitely do that. Like I think it should you should be allowed to take off days that you truly are sick and get back to full health. But if you have just the sniffles after a weekend of binge drinking, I think you got to fucking suck it up. And so, you know, whether, whether it's just where I am and that's the reasoning for it, or it's because of the results of like this thing says, an increase to 40% in unexplainable deaths, there's something going on with it, man. Like I, at this point, I I don't give a fuck saying it because it's going to be, it's hard to argue if you're the other side, if you're, I mean, you'll I'm sure you'll have some CNN talking points but like as someone that just like 
if you're truly doing some thinking, I don't know how you could actually explain it and like think that there isn't something a little fishy going on, you know? Like, boy. <laughs> Again, and then on that note too, like it's almost I have proof at this point. Like, where is it? Oh, yeah. News article. The UN declares a war on dangerous conspiracy theorists. The world is not secretly manipulated by global elite. Like, that's an article. That pretty much confirms that the world is manipulated by a secret global elite. Like, what? Huh? Dangerous conspiracy theorists. Like, dude, what are we talking about? I can't believe they actually made that. Like, it's it's comical at this point. But there's then dumb motherfuckers that'll read that and be like, oh, well, that's the truth. They, they're saying it. This writer said it. Like... I mean, it's just, when you think of, you know, again, I always, I come from the American perspective because that's where I grew up mostly. It's where politically, like, I have the most vested interest, you could say, and the most knowledge, even though not much knowledge at all. But, like, when you look at the motherfuckers that are running our country, from Biden to Trump before him to whoever, whoever the president is, they're all fucking idiots. Don't get me started on that. But then you look at, like, Nancy Pelosi and like you know her husband is such a good stock trader like he's better than Warren Buffett he's made something like 45 million in stocks in the last few years and then people will ask her about it and like this is like a Chappelle show skit over the course of your career uh, has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information what are you saying uh, over the course of your career, oh, oh. has your husband ever made a stock purchase or sale based on information you received from you? No, absolutely not. Okay. No, and then pushes the mic down like, I got to get out of here. Like, dude, what? Oh, it's just, it's crazy, bro. There's just like, I'm kind of excited to go back to the States to like be back in the insane insanity world where like I think well I don't know the MPC rate is pretty high everywhere I think and actually probably in the states just because there's more people there's more diversity like there's probably actually less than other places but oh I'm excited to go back and just kind of see see the changes and like the last thing, just thinking in terms of shit that doesn't make sense. I've talked about it before that, you know, the Brittany Griner person, WNBA player, for those of you saying who? Supposedly, we're going to get her out of Russian jail and we're going to trade like a Russian gun dealer or something or a war criminal for her who's in jail for weed. And it's like, well, I don't think that's a fair trade, but all right, whatever, we're doing it. But then how about releasing the thousands of motherfuckers that are in jail in the U.S. for weed? Like, I don't want to hear about fucking privilege this and privilege that 
if we're getting you out of a jail from arguably the enemy in a war time. This is also Brittany Griner who like said she doesn't want the national anthem to be played before games because whatever that narrative is, which like, cool, you can think that, but damn, now you really want, you really want the red, white, and blue come to your savior. So no, I, I think we should get her out, but then let's get all the other motherfuckers out too. And if we're going to keep her, if we're going to keep the motherfuckers who are in jail for weed in, let her stay in Russia. Because fair is fair, motherfucker. Well, that's all I got. I think this was a fun episode. I had fun with it. Until next time, peace and much love. Holla. I see the world through blue eyes, but I don't think our pigment changed the way we view the sunrise. We've been conditioned to believe in things I choose to deny. We all want peace, but we're so focused on equality that we forget to celebrate our difference. I hear your opinion, so tell me what's the issue. I'm not afraid to listen, and I've been called ambitious, but I don't take no pictures, because I prefer to recognize the moment while I'm in it. Some people want a free ride, I'll just pay the ticket Mikasa on the hillside, I'll go ahead and build it Don't talk about the hood life, I would only visit We spoke about the good life, now we really live it Now we really live it Now we really live it Now we really live it